need to whine and shiny balloons up. Have some wine and join us on the Whiny Palooza podcast with Rebecca Green. Welcome to the Whiny Palooza podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Green. I'm a wife, mother of three, and licensed clinical social worker. I also have three fur babies at home, too. My passion has always been to help children and their families. I always dreamed of being a wife and a mother. Parents are always learning through their struggles, failures, and successes and joys. I am no stranger to this wild ride of parenting, and I know behind every great parent lies a team of supportive friends and family. I want to be part of your support system. I want you to know that you are not alone. We are in this parenting world together. Join me every week for insightful discussions with experts on parenting and marriage, as well as other parents who have found the secret to successes in parenthood. You'll learn tips and tricks to make life with your family better than ever. I hope you will follow along with me while we dive into what it takes to achieve a happy family. Hello, everyone. This is Rebecca Green for the Whiny Blues of Podcast, and I'm extra, extra excited today because I get to interview the beautiful, talented Tayton Brannon. Tayton, thank you for taking time out of your very busy day for me today. I'm so excited to be on this side of the camera. <laughs> I know, right? So, so for those of you who don't know, and there are a lot of you listening who don't know, she has been my producer for 300 episodes. And as she is promoted (laughs) and handing the torch over, I told her I wanted to do, in quotes, an exit interview with her. So this is going to be so fun for me. And I appreciate her so much. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Tayton is the Director of Project Management at Market Domination LLC and BMD Publishing where she has worked since 2016. I had to tell my husband that last night. for one second, because it was 2017. I should correct oh. you. I forgot to change that. I actually had to go on my calendar to look up my interview date because I couldn't remember what you It's okay. We just couldn't believe. I mean, it's been a long time. Yes. So she produced the Whiny Palooza podcast for the first 300 episodes, as I said. And she has been with her husband for 28 years, and they have two children together, ages 16 and 19. Tayton is transitioning out of production and passing the show along to another fantastic producer. And as she does that, I wanted to catch her and ask her some questions. So let's see what I find out today. This is going to be so fun. And I want to take you back seven years ago, and or however many years ago. Am I doing the math wrong? Seven years ago? When did you start? So 2017. So like seven, I don't know, a long time ago. It's six and a half. Yeah. Seven. So, rounded so up. <laughs> how have you seen the world of podcasting change since you started producing? What have you seen? Oh, well, I'm sure it's no surprise to anybody, but it feels sometimes it feels like everybody has a podcast. Like it's just, it's a very accessible format to interact with people that it's it's almost like social media where you interact with so many people on the different platforms and the podcast is just 
kind of another extension of that, but in a very different, um, more, not necessarily scripted, but more planned way. Um, but it's, it, it's a really great tool like from working where I do in the podcast business is that we, it's not always about just self-promotion. Um, like what we do, it's about connecting people, um, building relationships. So it's, it's blown up a lot and I've learned so much and the company learned so much. Anybody who's involved in the podcast world just knows it's this, this rapidly evolving platform. So um, I think the, the biggest change is that more people listen to podcasts, probably more people now have actually been on a podcast, um, which is kind of cool. So <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun for me when somebody says, this is my first podcast. And I'm like, yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's accessible if you have access to a team like you guys who can yeah. do it. Because I can't do, you know, I tell all my guests, I literally just hit record. You guys take it over and now tell everyone, <laughs> if you can, what a day in, in your life or in the life of a podcast producer looks like, because people don't know. Yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of give a little backstory on on what we do at the company your fabulous husband <laughs> so and, and fabulous you <laughs> yes and, and I, i'm helping out so um our podcast production is also a publishing division we do books uh which we've produced uh published two of your wonderful whiny palooza books um look for the links in the show notes <laughs> you're so sweet <laughs> Uh, but our our whole premise is that we want to use the podcast as a platform to connect business owners for our personal purposes. We do business owners um, or or CEOs. I don't necessarily have to own a business, but uh, we connect business people with people that they could build a referral network with. So that is um, what we do in market domination and in the BMD publishing realm. Um, so our clients are typically going to run a business and we're, we're connecting them to other people. So we have to really know who our client is, what their business is about, um, and who are the spheres of influence and the people who would tune in, who are their ideal clients. So um, for you, your ideal, your listener is they're going to be parents. So I need to know what kind of topics we're looking at. Like, you'll let me know, I want to speak with somebody about anxiety or about, you know, wellness or something like that. So I have to know who the audience is, know what my topic is, and then I, we do research. So our, our team of producers, we do all this research trying to figure out, uh, sometimes we have geographical uh, limitations. Some people want to interview people within certain areas, certain cities. Some people will do worldwide which is yeah. great. Sometimes you got to uh, work with the time zones though. So that's always a challenge, but <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So um, the day-to-day -day would mostly be doing research, finding great topics, um, finding contacts. Sometimes that's a challenge too, is like, there's plenty of fantastic people that you would love to interview, but whether you can get in touch with them is an entirely different thing. Um, the higher up they are in the um, celebrity realm, the, the harder it's going to be to get a, a foot in the door and, and get their attention. So um, it's about finding the right people. And as you've learned along the way, I know you've mentioned this, that sometimes people that you don't think are an obvious fit end up being like the best cast you've ever had. Um, so we kind of try to balance that expectation. Uh, some clients want 
the best of the best. I only want this person. I don't want that. And then they end up interviewing somebody else that they're not too excited about. And then they're like, oh, you really know what you were doing there. So um, managing expectations of the client is always a big part of the job. But um, so aside from all the front end stuff, when we launch a podcast, like we have a great graphic design team here. We do all the cover art. Uh, we write all the intros and do all the scripts and the lovely Ella got to sing the intro to your podcast. So that will be, it'll be immortal. She'll love that when she's older. <laughs> oh no. She said last night, she's re-recording it. She's, we totally, <laughs> she's like, it's time to change it. <laughs> I understand. Um, so we have all that, you know, the fun stuff in the beginning, the the flashy things, but behind the scenes, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of back and forth communicating. Um, we have to work with schedules, getting people, you know, aligned. So, you know, not everybody's available at the same time, especially with your guests. They're mostly busy moms and a lot of them are working too. So um, I honestly don't even know how you fit your things into your schedule because I know how much you do outside of this and with the kids and during school and all the involvement that you have with school. So um, it can be a real juggling act and just uh, fitting, fitting pieces of the puzzle together, I guess is a better comparison. Um, so yes, yeah, getting people scheduled and then coming up with some interview questions. So you have to do a little bit of research on the person and kind of match what we want to talk about uh, with what they do and just so we can get a, a basic good start on the interview. And we have wonderful clients like you who can kind of take a bio and run with it. You already know what you want to talk about. So, cause this is your field of expertise. Um, for us, a lot of the times we're not experts in whatever the subject is. So it can be a little bit of a challenge, but we always learn. And so that kind of brings me to the next thing is uh, we listen to all the episodes after they've been recorded. Uh, we write all the show notes, we put together the bio, we upload everything, syndicate it, make sure it goes out into the virtual world of podcasts and YouTube. So um, there's a lot of a lot of things. And then we have a team of different people who do different things. So we're, we have to, you know, work out schedules and manage everyone doing their different parts just to make sure that everything airs on time. So um, sometimes it can be easy peasy. Sometimes it's a scramble. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I think the best part of it is when we get to listen to the actual interview and I've learned so much. I mean, not just from your show, but like other shows that I produced, things that I never would have even like sat down to learn, like finances and retirement and stuff. So um, it's my exposure to it. I've definitely learned things that I probably would not have learned otherwise because I would have not had the interest. So that's that's kind of in a roundabout way what a, a day in the life looks like. <laughs> I mean, it's it's people don't realize what goes into a podcast. And they don't realize the hours that you put in, the hours that I put in. They think yeah. that, you know, I, I think that people have no idea. So even though podcasting is so popular, nobody knows the details that you just gave. Well, and they they only see this end result as what, what everyone's watching and listening to now. And they're not, you know, for every 30 minute podcast episode, there's several hours at the very least behind it to get to, you know, people actually listening to it. So, Amazing. yeah. <laughs> well, and you, okay, I think that, you know, you're a mom, so you're used to juggling. I think mothers are awesome jugglers, but you have to balance a lot of demand. You've got your show hosts, their guests, the team that work with you. 
how do you balance what everybody wants and all the demands? <laughs> so I am a huge, huge, huge fan of lists. I've never met a list I don't like. I'll make <laughs> lists of the lists that I have. Um, I, as you know, you know me outside of the podcast world. I, I'm an organized person. So um, organization is really the key. And that's kind of uh, one of the things that I'm moving into as I, as I phase out of this production is to help make sure everyone else is organized. So that's um, going more into that management role. Um, it's about organizing. It's about understanding what your timelines are. Um, and things happen, you have to accommodate. So just the more comfortable you are with the job and your understanding of what it takes to get from point A to point B, um, then you can kind of break it down into digestible pieces. It's like anytime you make a plan for something, um, you really have to break it down into pieces that you know you can accomplish. So that is, that's how I manage it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do, you make it look easy. I want you to know that I know it's not easy and you make it look easy. And I remind Seth all the time that you two, Emma, Kristen, y'all might be fantastic, but like you take for granted how good you are and everybody is not you. So, yeah, yeah. you we know, we had somebody outside who was looking at our company that we're somebody we're consulting and he said, you guys are really on it. You are like the most organized, well-planned out group. And we were just like, what? Because sometimes in the thick of it, you feel a little frantic and you're like, oh, this, this is not good. But yeah, if you stick, if you step back and take a look at it, I, I would agree with that assessment. So, well, and I have to remind Seth. Adrian, you, how much I appreciate it. I feel honored to be a part of it. Like, it's just thrilling for me. I love it. It's a, it's a blessing in my life that I never expected. Yeah. And um, so in this world, uh, we're talking about smooth things. What is the most challenging? <laughs> for your podcast particularly, or just producing podcasts? Whatever you want to go okay. with. So it's a good question. In the podcast world, <laughs> I would say the most challenging thing is finding guests. Mm. Um, it's one thing to have a great list of people you would love to talk to. It's entirely another of who you can actually get in the books, scheduled, find their time, have them show up. Um, that is the biggest part. Like I am not, we're not, uh, like celebrity PR people, we don't have a little secret black book of anybody we want to talk to. So sometimes we might have a client who wants to speak to upper level, like celebrity status, CEOs of big companies. Um, and that's not always possible. Like we, we will do whatever we can. Um, and then sometimes we have people who have a really specific niche that makes it very, very difficult to find exactly who they're looking for because the parameters are so, so narrow. Um, so I would say guesting, like sometimes wow. guesting is easy and it's great. And like everybody, like your show, everyone wants to be on it. So like guesting for you isn't always that difficult because you're open to speaking to a lot of people and a lot of people know your show already. So they're excited to be on your show. Um, if you're talking about a CPA or a financial advisor, like some people are like, why would I want to interview with someone like that? So um, getting the yes in the guesting 
I never would have thought of that. See, and as someone who gets guest recommendations almost every day, I never would have known that. Yeah. So I, and that's why it's always, you know, been a pleasure producing your show because it's, you know, guesting has not been a challenge. Um, And I think the only challenge really is you finding time to do things that you need to do. Cause I know, especially like when the holidays roll around, it's, it's hard to squeeze in time. Like you want to family not doing podcast interviews. (laughs) Well, and I failed miserably and I will learn from it but I said I was going to take the week off and like, I'm all emotional because I'm mad at myself because I didn't. And Uh, it's okay. I will learn from it. It is very hard for me to take time off, but yeah, once you're, you're committed into something, it's, it is difficult to plan that out, but I make a list, make a plan. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're right. And you're so much more organized. (laughs) I have learned so much from Tayton. I think her organization has definitely rubbed off. Um, I am not like you, you know, that <laughs> I always find it really hilarious because I was not always an organized person. Um, I would say I wasn't really, I didn't become organized until like middle school. But before that I was like the kid's room that you could not see the floor. Like my room was a total mess. I didn't brush my hair. I was just like wild child. So organization was not something I was born. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think Definitely. I'm the least- I'm the queen of lists, but you take it to a new level and and (laughs) you know that, and we can go into that. And that's, there's a whole organization podcast that you and Kristen could do with me and we could go on and on about organization, but you take it to a new level. (laughs) It's very satisfying. And I think, um, as an adult organization has become more important to me because it reduces my stress level and it's it's there are things you can't control in life and there are things that you can and being organized is just getting a leg up on on being a little more in control what's going on around you so smart really good advice so what advice do you have for your seven year younger self who was starting out if you could go back and tell her something boy um Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I would say it's buckle up because it's going to be really fun. Uh, <laughs> buckle up. I love that. You had no idea where you would be sitting today. I guarantee no, that. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so uh, some more background as uh, you know this, but the listeners don't. Um, I came into this job from being a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. And I was like, haven't done any work since then. I don't really know how I'm ever going to get my foot back in the door. And your husband was like, Hey, looking for some stay at home moms to do some part-time work and have it fit in your schedule. And it just kind of, I went in and it worked out and it, it gradually built from there. I started out with very minimal hours. I was working on maybe one show. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. It ended up being a good fit. So, um, that's it's awesome. Been, it's been fun. I I did not expect it to be as big as it was. And I'm appreciative that I'm able to still work the rest of my life around, or I work my job around my life really. So um, yeah, that's, and, and I wouldn't know I'm going to learn a lot. That would probably be the one thing I would tell myself is you're really going to learn a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And I think that Seth has learned living with me that stay-at-home moms are rock stars. So to the stay-at-home moms listening, like don't discount your skills. Like we can rock it. <laughs> yeah. Just because you're not getting a paycheck does not mean it's not a job. It really, it's a, a passion, but it's also a job. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Okay, so we're going to go to an obvious question. Okay. <laughs> so you have produced all these parenting and marriage podcasts, 300 of my podcasts. What have you learned from about parenting and marriage? Um, so I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that um, you are always going to be learning. Like I, that's kind of your tagline at the end, like always be learning. Um, you're not, I always, I always reflect upon this as an adult with parents. And I think back when you're a child, you think your parent knows everything. Yes. Like you, you never even question like, oh, do they, do they know how to handle this? Like they just, they know everything. Um, you don't go into parenthood knowing anything. Like you might think you do, but you don't. And it can be very challenging. And even people who don't, um, don't express it outwardly that they're having troubles. Everyone has their troubles in parenthood. And I, what I love about your show is that you shine a light on so many things that people may not actually talk about or feel comfortable about, or feel like it's something they could express. Um, there's a universal quality to, or universal experience, I should say, to motherhood that Yes, everyone's circumstances are a little bit different, but the the themes are generally the same. We all go through peaks and valleys of like, things are great. We have struggles, great struggles. Um, and just having somebody even just echo some things that you're thinking or that you're feeling or experiences, it's very comforting to know that you are not alone. Because um, a lot of times, especially when you are, at home by yourself with the kids, you are in a bubble and you can feel really alone. Um, and if you don't have a group of friends to bounce your thoughts and feelings and experiences off of, then sometimes you really do, you feel very isolated. So a show like yours is really great to kind of get your thought going and get, get your thoughts going in a different way. And I love a lot of your, um, a lot of the things that you bring up about shifting the way that you think, changing your thought pattern, like redirecting it, because it's so easy to get stuck into negative thinking, um, thinking the worst about something, you know, worrying if your kid's ever going to get out of whatever phase they're in, uh, am I a good enough parent, that kind of thing. So having flexible thinking, I think, is is probably the biggest takeaway that I've had because I I'm totally guilty of that I listen to a million of these podcasts and I'll still find myself getting trapped in that that thought pattern so it's always good to just have it kind of reinforced every time that you know you really have so much power over how things how you react to things rather you can't control everything that happens but you can control how you react so it's, yeah, there's so many things. <laughs> well, I mean, Claudette brought up yesterday when I was talking to her, the red car effect. And I love that she labeled it for me. And she was saying that, you know, you're going to get, a, you're thinking about buying a red car. And then all of a sudden you see red cars everywhere. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And she's like, it's like, <laughs> if you want to think a certain way, like you start looking for it. So yeah. it was just so good to have her and, you know, what I wanted to tell you is having read so many books, taken so many classes, done so many count, so much counseling, I went into this not knowing that I was going to learn so much. Yeah. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, it's just nice to have a, 
it's almost like a forum and you have your certain expertise and your background and your knowledge and your parenting style. And the people who come on the show all have different experiences. And when we can kind of pool those all together and everyone have access to that knowledge and those experiences, I think we grow from that no matter what. Well, and I don't want to put you on the spot so you can say pass. These are hard, <laughs> these are hard questions. So, so two parts, huh. one, is there a guest that was a favorite <laughs> yes. and okay. The guest favorite. And was there a particular episode that resonated most for you? Okay. Um, for sure. My favorite guests, I, I have to say is whenever you interview your family and I know that's kind of the fan favorite, but it's just, I love watching like the lives on Wednesday um, the interaction between you and Seth, because you're adorable and you compliment each other so well. Um, you're, you just, you match perfectly. Your personalities are very different, but they balance each other. So I, I love seeing the interaction and you do show that yes, you're not perfect and you have conflicts, but you, you know how to handle them and it's work and people don't just automatically go into marriage knowing exactly how to handle conflicts. It's, it's a day daily education basically you're going to be learning your whole life in your marriage so i love to see that kind of real-time interaction between you and your husband um i love when ella's on because she is just so well spoken and so sweet and so smart and i'm used to seeing pictures of her and you talking about her but i don't actually get to see her talking and when i do i'm just i'm always blown away because she's just she's Something special for sure. Oh my gosh. You, you know, you're making me cry over here. I know. I'm such a sap. But so everybody loves the Ella episodes. Some more Ella episodes. Oh my year. gosh. So I want to, I want to tell you that I never get more texts than when I interview Ella. And then the messages on Facebook and my phone goes crazy and people are like, oh my God, I love, I don't get, I can have a famous counselor on and I'll get like one text like that was really good but when I have Ella on my phone blows up you know what it is it's not just because she's so darn cute it's because she opens up and talks about things that I guarantee you any parent is like pounding their head against the wall trying to get their kid to talk especially in middle school and high school yeah trying to get your kid to talk can be oh. like <laughs> And yeah. exercise and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's nice to witness that and just be like, no, they really do. They really can open up and talk to you and kind of like explain. And it's nice to get a little glimpse into what a kid's world is like in this day and age at that particular time in their lives. So I think that's what makes it so special is it kind of, it feels like you're getting a glimpse into maybe what your, your own kid is thinking and feeling. Oh, that's such good feedback. We had a very good heart to heart the other day because Seth has painted this picture of me in high school that is not good for my kids to hear. And uh -oh. <laughs> she thinks that high school was just easy breezy for me. Yeah. And so I hear a lot like you don't understand. And so I laid it out to her and I said, I had these feelings. I had these insecurities. It wasn't all roses and sunshine. And she got a completely different picture of me in high school. So 
I think yeah. some of our kids think we just don't understand. But that's also just a universal thing, like especially with social media, like we we only see the the pretty picture that everyone puts out there. Everybody has something going on. And and she might see like the highlight reel of what your yes. high school life was like, but yes. it's because you don't dwell on the things that did happen that were unpleasant. That's um, true. It might come up if you're, you know, having a conversation with her about uh, how to handle certain things, but for the most part, it's not something she's ever going to hear. So they just make the assumption that everything was just rosy and great. And it's just, that's not the case. Like if you're a teenager, you're probably not loving life every single second. <laughs> Yeah, you don't feel comfortable in your skin. Exactly. And and I hope that she feels how I feel when she's 47 because yeah. such a difference. It's refreshing, right? Mm, so much better. I would yes. I would not want to go back to high school, I'll tell you. Oh, that. No, no, no. Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. What do you like best about what you do? What do I like best about what I do? Um well, I get to organize all day. <laughs> Terrible thing to say. Um, do, okay, so I will say from being a stay-at-home mom for 12 years, and I wasn't heavily, heavily involved in the school activities, because um, after a certain point, they, they don't really want the parents at the school, and, unless you're like part of the PTA or teacher or something. Um, yeah. Being around other adults and being doing things that was not constantly focused on me being a mom and me, me being a kid. So, or not me being a kid, me having kids. <laughs> um, I think a lot of stay-at-home moms who want to get back into the workplace, um, they feel that. Not everybody feels that. Some people are content being at home, and but a lot of moms want something else in their lives that is not revolving around their home and their family and their kids and their husband. And it's just, it's very important to have something outside of that. That's all your own. So just that in itself being, you know, having something that's just mine that I can feel confident in that I'm growing in, um, that I'm learning things and, and grow like rising up and it's just really nice to have that again um I like meeting people <laughs> I like to learn but I think probably my favorite thing is listening to the interviews and just learning stuff because there's so much out there people have some great amazing stories um yeah I've heard some amazing stories that I'm just blown away by and, and it's very inspiring I get I am inspired every day I would say that's I love awesome. the stories that I hear. Yeah. To be yeah. inspired at your job every day. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. What was your favorite part about producing Whiny Palooza? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the guests for sure. Um, I feel like I, I kind of had like a the golden ticket to parenting advice. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, there, yeah, there's just, there's so many topics that I would say I don't even know that there have been any guests on your show where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Um, there's so much to be learned and so much to reinforce um, with how you parent, how you view yourself as a woman, as a mother, as a wife. Um, there's just a lot that I've gotten out of the show and I, like I said, I, I don't think there's been a single guest or a single episode that I didn't learn something or 
have something affirmed in me that I'm like, I really, I believe that I'm on the right track. I'm not the only person who's had this problem. Um, yeah. So it's just, that's been my favorite part. That's awesome. Well, and I love you and I have talked about this. I love that you're a mom. Uh, it would be harder for me to have someone who isn't a mom produce, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's doable. It's totally yeah. doable, but I do love that you're a mom. Yeah. And um, what was the most unexpected challenge over the last 300 episodes? Unexpected challenge. Um, this is not <laughs> a huge challenge. Um, your Facebook issue, having to put up the new uh, Facebook page. That, oh, yes. the new, oh, that was yes. unexpected and unfortunate. <laughs> and I feel like I feel, I mean, I'm not personally involved in your Facebook page for Wendy Palooza, <laughs> but everybody, if you are on the old Facebook page, you need to get on the new one, Wendy Palooza Parenting and Marriage. <laughs> so, so, so Seth comes to me one day, now mind you, my Wendy Palooza Facebook page had like 18,000 people on it. Exactly. And he comes home casually, like he's just so casual about things and he's like, Oh yeah, you got to have a new Facebook page. Your Facebook page is like not working. And I was like, what are you talking? And he's just so calm about everything. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to go with it. We will build it back up. Please come find the Whitey Pooza Parenting and Marriage Facebook page. It'll all get out there again. Yes. So check, <laughs> check the show notes, everyone. It's in the bottom. We have all the new links. Oh but God, yeah, that, I mean, awesome. that's just... It's an example of things, things are going to come up no matter yeah. how you could be smooth sailing for years. And then all of a sudden something big comes up and you just have to take a breath and, and go with it, like oh figure out how to work around it. <laughs> well, so my whiny palooza mom Facebook group. Okay. I got an alert about my post that had, um, can I say the word on my podcast I don't want to get flagged it out if we do. okay so there was a word in my post that Facebook didn't like and it's not a bad huh? word and they flagged it and they said we will shut down your group if you don't take this post down and I yeah. was like like I have to be careful I was like okay I'm gonna be careful about my word choices yes they're very um I noticed that I made a comment on like my aunt's page or something on my, I mean, maybe it was a comment on my own post and it was one word. And in the context that I wrote it in was nothing. And they're just like, Oh, that word is banned. So yes, you, I gotta be careful. You never because, know. I mean, well, you can cure, like, I mean, you're not somebody that I'd be like, Oh, that Rebecca got to watch what she says. But yes, there are, there are red flag words that depending on the context could could be very bad but for most people they're not using it in a an offensive way so not at all not at all it was just a scare though like are you just shutting me down (laughs) well so you know I hear so many so many moms are like I hate social media I hate Facebook and what they don't realize who they're talking to that I work on it I work on Mm -hmm. Facebook so I need to be careful that is the lesson in this conversation (laughs) So from episode one to episode 300, how do you think we've evolved? How we've evolved? <clears throat> we've had some really great guests. 
Um, I think that we've gotten deeper in the subject matter. Um, the, the one, I'm going to forget the name, but I know we had a guest on um, like maybe this fall about uh, the death of her husband. She had two two husbands who had oh. passed. So, I mean, real content. People, it's not just fluff. I mean, people might think, oh, parenting and marriage, it's fluff. We're talking about, you know, tantrums and diapers and like, no, it's <laughs> its real life. We're, we're talking about relationships. Um, and I think when we get into the relationship talk that we get, you know, pretty deep and, and uncomfortable sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest evolution is that we're digging deeper into um, heavier topics. And it's not, they're not all heavy. That would be too much. But um yeah. When you send me stuff on death and dying, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. But it affects everybody. And it, yeah, you don't have to be all about death and dying, but I think, yeah, you know, once in a while, addressing it every once in a while, it's, it's it'll hit a, a nerve with people. Um, but I think a lot of people need to hear it. And you would be surprised how many people are currently being affected by something. And oh, just to absolutely. be able to hear that is is a comfort to them. So, and to know, to hear somebody who's further along in the process, how they coped during that time and, and how they're doing okay now, I think is, it's important for some people to see because they could be really struggling. Well, yeah. and, and as you're talking, I want you to know that when we started, I think I had a particular vision of a guest mm -hmm. and how I've evolved is I am so much more open-minded. Yeah. I think that, you know, like Seth will talk about having, you know, a specific type of guest, like that I should have, like, I don't know how to say it, niche. I can't say yeah. that word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good with that word, but it's just not me. It's just not my personality. Yeah. I think I've become more open-minded since I started and really open my mind to the guests that are suggested to me because I have mm -hmm. learned, like you said, that a guest might be fantastic and we can learn so much from them. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the longer you do something, the more uh, open-minded you have to be. You have to broaden yourself in some way. So yes. whether that's changing the topic or yeah, it's, you've been good about it. <laughs> I'm, I work on that because sometimes my automatic response is no, but I don't tell you that it's very rare that I tell you that because I sit with it and I push myself because I know that it might be fantastic. And I get people that I'm like, no, I'm not even sending this to her. This is not, <laughs> not fit. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. And I wish I could think of an example, but you know, I don't want to call them out anyway, but like yeah. you have sent me women before that I'm like, no freaking way. And they <laughs> turned out to be amazing. So I've been <laughs> wrong. I have been wrong so many times. So that's but fantastic. That's, that's part of life though, right? Um, especially at, when you're younger, you have an idea of like the kinds of people you want to be around and, and who your friends are going to be and what kind of guy you're going to date. Um, as you get older, you meet people that you're like, that's not who I would have chosen, but I can't imagine my life without that person. So I think that that just is a general rule in life. And I, I try to tell that to my kids because yeah. especially teenagers, they're very, very particular about who they I, spend their time with. I see that. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not going to like that person because they play sports or whatever. Like just, 
it's good to be open-minded because you could miss out on so much in life if you're not, you know, you don't have an open mind to things. So, so true. Yeah. So what is your advice to someone who's starting the podcasting journey? Uh, okay. So my advice is <laughs> don't worry too much about the details because things are going to change. Um, sometimes good enough is good enough. <laughs> it does not have to be perfect. Well, never yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, to echo what we've just been talking about, have an open mind. Um, if you have a production team, if you're lucky enough to have a nice production team who is helping you out and directing you, use their expertise and trust them. Um, but don't, if there's something that really just does not sit well with you or resonate with you, then speak up because you are the client. Um, yeah, just be open-minded and know that it's it's going to be a learning process. You might start out day one thinking, this is the direction I'm going in. This is what I want to do. These are the kinds of things I'm going to talk about. And then like a year later, it might look the same. It might look completely different. Um, so like in life, just be open to changes. Pay attention to what's going on around you, What what is resonating well with your audience, what isn't, and just learn to pivot. So. Okay, so that's perfect for the next question. Okay. So how do you think the listeners have influenced the direction of the podcast? Any Ooh. thoughts on that? Well, I would say, um, especially in your in your uh, Why You Lose a Moms group, like I, I love the interaction that goes on in there. Um, I think anytime that you ask a question, like for advice, that it's going to spur a topic that sometimes can just blow up into something really big. Um, so I think that when you get feedback, whether it's directly to the podcast or just within your, your parent group, um, it's going to kind of spark ideas. And I'm sure you're like that with, when you write your blog, like something is just going to all of a sudden just spark an idea and you're going to go with it. So I think that just having that conversation, whether it's um, leaving a review or comments on in the podcast itself or on YouTube, um, but especially on the social media pages, uh, just getting feedback, like let us know what resonated with you. Um, we don't always know what people want and we just know that if it's people are going to talk about it, it turns into a really big conversation, then it's something we need to look into and, and see what we can do to get somebody who knows what they're talking about to speak on the subject. It's really good. It's really good. There's been so many times that people have said to me, I need help with X. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, people have a lot of the same problems, but then there's going to be things that you've never personally experienced, but you'll see it as a recurring theme with other women and other families that, well, I, I think I need to focus yes. on this and look into this. So, well, and as my kids get older, I go towards those topics. So yeah. everybody listening, please tell me what you want. Cause if you have little kids, I'm happy to talk about it I just am getting yeah. away from having little kids so you have to remind me what you need yeah okay. yeah you've got the, the topics that you're currently dealing with um uh, yeah maybe a lot of people would love to hear like how you got through some of the tough times when your kids were younger um I needed this those podcast. Could be some good topics there be talking that's about really good even all the way back to like the birth process like there might I know we've had these conversations outside of work but yeah it's everyone has a story and you you might be surprised what you hear from people but yeah um 
Yeah, to anybody who's listening, if there's a topic that you really wish we'd talk about, let us know. Adrienne, our new producer, will get right on it. So I listened to a lady the other day who talked about her birth story, which was really even even worse than my first experience. And I'm like bawling with her and she's crying. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, first of all, that was so helpful for me. And second of all, I totally read your mind because I said to myself, it's time to go back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been a while and it's time to talk about way back from the beginning because there's mothers listening who are pregnant, who are about to give birth, who are going to have new babies. And if I had known all, I wish I had known so much more before I gave birth. So I'm definitely going to that hundred percent. I think, so we're going to, we're going to start talking about guesting ideas now, I guess. Yes. Tell me, tell me. Great. And I also was thinking I've, I've come across a lot of people and interacted with a lot of people lately who have really big gaps in age with their kids. Like they will have a kid in high school, college and a newborn or toddler. I think that might be a really excellent subject. Cause I think that's more uh, prevalent now than in previous years. Isn't that so, interesting? Yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Um, I don't ask. Kind of I reconciling don't ask that. You. Yeah. I don't ask you. I don't ask you for ideas. I just realized that. I don't ever say, uh, yeah, I usually have stuff. I usually, I get so many people, you know, wanting to be on the show. That that's usually what I spend most of my time is like going through those and sending them that's your way. But awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. So what advice do you have for Adrienne as she takes over? Oh, for Adrienne, she's going to love it. She's a mom too. So um, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to hear stories that you really resonate with. Um, she's the guesting extraordinaire. Uh, I really think she's going to find some amazing people for you that you, yeah, it's going to take it to the next level with the guesting. I'm, I'm positive. Uh, <laughs> she is so far ahead of me though. We have to, you know, I will talk to her, but like she's sending me LinkedIn profile. Uh-huh. And We're I your LinkedIn page all just up and, and up to date. <laughs> I just said to her, I just emailed her back and I'm like, Adrian, I need email addresses. I don't do LinkedIn. So things are going to change for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to learn LinkedIn. I'm going to jump into the world of LinkedIn. She has gotten me there. I'm there. I hear her. I'm just not there yet. So um, any last words of wisdom before I let you go? Well, keep doing what you're doing because it really is like, it's so helpful for so many people. And um, one of these days when I'm not working out at 5.30 in the morning, I'm tuned into the Wednesday live um, every single week. Oh my gosh. I know. I love, I, I love to interact. Like that's my favorite part of that. Like I'll, I'll watch it afterward, but the live itself, like when it's happening, I love, and there's a little bit of delay when you type a comment, but um, I just, I love that real time interaction and it's it's super fun um yeah I'm, I'm really excited I'm still gonna listen to the show still gonna watch it because oh, it's been great um yeah well you've been wonderful I've been so I've been so blessed to have you do this for 300 episodes which is crazy <laughs> and I know you'll still be you know guiding Adrian and others in your background scenes and sometimes I may ask you to come forward and do stuff like this 
I wouldn't mind. So for anybody who hasn't watched every single 300 plus episodes of Winnie Palooza, I've actually been on two other times at the book club, which we no longer have. I'm going to cry. But we still together. We still have our book club in quotes. We've renamed it because yes, yes, for various the Awesome Ladies Club. The um, Awesome Ladies Club. Yes. I was thinking about our, our very first one, your very first recording, which was our book club back yes. in the middle of COVID out in your backyard. Yeah. Socially distanced. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And talking you ladies, about your first book. Oh my God. You ladies are so fabulous. They came on <laughs> to talk. You've come on a few times. You came on to talk about my first book, my second book, and one of our book club books. So yes. this is probably number four. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for anyone listening who wants a podcast, mm-hmm. who who do they contact? Uh, you can contact me. I'll have my my email will be in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, I won't even say it because nobody will spell it right. But <laughs> TateNomadomineationLLC.com. You have a very cool name. I hope you own that. Uh, I hated it as a kid. I'm like, why can't I just have something that can be on a keychain and people can say? And how do you feel now? I appreciate it now. I really well, do. I, I, it's, I love- it's nice to have something that nobody else. I mean, there's a couple of people out there who have borrowed the name and used it, but it's still pretty yeah Uh, unheard of so (laughs) yeah your parents did a good job and you are fantastic at your job we appreciate you you so much I appreciate you so much and thank you for doing this with me today it's been an absolute pleasure um especially producing your show it's just been it's been a great journey and I'm I'm a little sad to be leaving it but I'll still be ducking my head in and (laughs) what about this (laughs) It's, I think, I think that this is, I think I'm just so happy for you because I have watched Tayton from the beginning and she just keeps, you know, growing and changing and getting new positions. So I'm excited (laughs) for you, (laughs) but I'm going to let her get back to work. And um, this is Rebecca Green reminding everyone to spend every day laughing, learning, and loving. Thank you for tuning in to the Whiny Palooza podcast. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave a review. I love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.